runs then Boston. Yes, you heard that right. And have you heard of the new Cubs second baseman, Anthony Rizzo? We got a big show today on Fantasy Baseball Today, including Team Name Tuesday. But first, are you hiring? With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. All right, we are non-zero chance. The band is back together. All four of us are here, and we've got, uh, I think, a fun show today. Some buy lows, sell high. Uh, Chris Davinsky with Chris Davinsky is the number eleven overall pitcher in roto in roto leagues right now, and he is the number one relief pitcher in roto leagues, except for Dylan Bundy, who I don't really count. Uh, good morning, guys. You watched Brockmire yet? Have I not. Have, I have what? not. I need to. Brockmire Heath. Yeah. Our I, our coworkers in that show. What's Bruckmeyer? Well, I told you about it yesterday on the show. It's the Hank Azaria uh, baseball show. Is it good? It's amazing. Oh, it's not amazing. It's very funny. Very our, our coworker, Jonah <laughs> Carey, is in, uh, is in the most recent episode, apparently. I no was kidding. watching a, uh, a preview for it. Oh, very exciting. All right. Well, I just wanted hey, to, I wanted plug to that congratulate again. you and Scott. On what? Well, you only had three category wins. For the whole season, but you've already got three through Monday of this week, so. Alright. Uh, you got a shot. Of course, okay. the other guy hasn't had a pitcher go yet. Alright, so. thank you. Thank you for, thank you for that. <laughs> Pouring cold water on it. So listen, um, Eric Thames is our Trevor Story. We found the guy that's moving up the rankings, or at least making us think about moving him up the rankings. I wish he were shortstop eligible like Story, but Thames is homered in five straight games. We'll get to that. Ryan Braun's off to a great start. Uh, I got some guys that you might want to consider dropping. Jock Peterson already. He's sitting against lefties. He has sat five of seven times against lefty starters. But let's start with the position eligibility thing. Because thank you to the listeners for alerting me. You guys were aware of it. Anthony Rizzo has made two appearances at second base. And awesome. the circumstances suggest he might get to five and become second base eligible. And there is some controversy brewing in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> okay, can I just can I? This is how dumb this thing is. He got he played second base on uh, Monday night. No, Sunday. played in quotation. He played marks. second base on yeah. Sunday night because when they do their bunt defense, they move him to second base and Javier Baez or Ben Zobris to first when they're playing second. Fine. He got second base uh, a second base appearance on Sunday because he fielded a ball and threw it to the first baseman. He threw it to the second baseman. Threw it to Turn the a double play. Threw it to the shortstop. Ro- rolled a pair. Throw it to the shortstop. Okay. Excuse me. <laughs> um, as, as second baseman do. Yesterday, he did the same thing, except the ball was not hit to him. So he did not get a second baseman. I thought base he got appearance. his second game yesterday. I do not believe he did. He it's, has two games now, and he had one yesterday. Yeah, yeah he, I, I don't one. think it has anything to do with him fielding the <laughs> oh, ball. Oh, no. Yeah, the whole rant. It's validated. It's a situation. Where, because they align their when they know that when they know the opposition is bunting, they align their defense in a way so that Baez is technically standing closer to first base than Rizzo does. And certain umpiring crews, it, it, it seems to be a judgment call. Uh, but they they apply I think switching gloves. Yeah, they apply they apply a rule where they make Rizzo take off his extra long first baseman's glove since he's not the closest fielder to first base. And I think whenever that happens. It's officially documented as a position change, yep. and it's happened two days in a row now. So it happened once last year, I think, just once. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously it was the same umpiring crew working yesterday and two days ago, so it's happened now twice in a row. And I would imagine there are other umpires who are going to enforce it too. So. It's extremely dumb. Yeah. I, I love it. Uh, it's like Anthony Rizzo, when second you, baseman. When you shift, and a lot of teams will bring their – they'll leave their shortstop on the left side of the infield and bring the third baseman over to the right side of the infield. Isn't then the shortstop playing third base by that same logic? No. Yes. Nobody's well, I, I think since the umpire and crew is not having to intervene, it's not documented as a position change. It's just it's just a shift in that case. I, I think that's what, what – what would make it get annoying – like I'm – I'm not as annoyed as Chris is. I, I think it's kind of interesting and, and a little cool, though, you know, obviously I'm, you going, I'm going to be annoyed when, when somebody's starting Rizzo at second base against me. That's what's um, annoying, is but, that someone's going to get well, an elite first baseman who's second base eligible because of shenanigans. But it's, but it's an aberration, and, you know, aberrations can be cool. What 
will drive me crazy is if the Cubs' defense against bunts proves to be so effective that everybody starts doing it, and suddenly every first baseman becomes eligible at second base. Then and every second baseman at first. Yeah. Which is yeah, great. Who yeah. doesn't who doesn't want to play Josh Harrison at, as and a we're getting kind of we're getting kind of ahead of ourselves with that, but it's it's conceivable it could happen the I, way teams copy each other. I'm just searching my lineups hoping I have a team with Daniel Murphy and Anthony Rizzo so I can play Rizzo at second and Murphy at first. Well, I mean it, in okay, we can debate the merits of it and whatever, but if it happens, how big of a deal is that for Anthony Rizzo? He's the number 2 second baseman. That's that's really valuable. Yeah, but he's he's arguably the number two first baseman also. Right, but right. it's a lot easier to find the number thirteen sec second baseman's not nearly as good as the number two thirteen first baseman. Yeah. I would much rather start mm. I don't Brandon know that Belt true. or Hanley Ramirez than whoever the well, number. Well, those guys are higher than thirteenth at first base. At least Ramirez is. Hey, Eric, uh, I've got Ramirez exactly thirteen. <laughs> yeah, I, okay. I think I have him twelve. Okay. That's, well, that's the replacement that's level at first base is a lot higher than. I, I don't even. I don't. Base. I really don't think that's true, especially with all the players who've gained eligibility at second base this year. It's Eric, arguably the deepest position in fantasy. Eric Thames is first base eligible now too. Okay. Yeah, I definitely well, don't think that's true. I, if I, at the at the very least, not everybody who has Rizzo is going to suddenly start playing him at second base. It's not that I, big. I think it would be pretty close to universal. Well, not if you have Altuve. It's pretty close to you. You're not going to have both of them. Your league has Jose Altuve. I mean, we were just debating yesterday whether or not to drop Devin Travis. I don't think we've had that that debate about Brandon Belt or any of the other similarly. Well, Devin Travis has been awful. Also, well, let's also Devin Travis twenty first isn't awful just because he has been awful. Oh, we're talking about yeah. Like, I think you're talking about comparing Hanley, Thames, Carlos Santana to LeMayhew, no, Peraza. But you're not really Kinsler. talking about that because all those guys are owned. So if you really want to think about it like replacement level, if you move Rizzo to second base, you've got to be talking about guys who are on waivers that you could pick up and play at first base. Well, that, that presumably like, everybody who okay. owns Rizzo doesn't have a waiver wire second baseman. They already have a pretty good second baseman. So Maybe. it's not like they're just going to dump that second baseman because right, they can but, play Rizzo But some of now. the first baseman you could conceivably pick up would be like Lucas Duda or Ryan Zimmerman or Mark Reynolds even. Like, I just I think I, the, I don't, the replacement I, level at at first base is a lot higher. I, I just don't know that that's the right way to analyze it because rosters are already constructed now. Nobody's constructing a roster off the waiver wire. It, it's it gives you a ton more flexibility. It does. It yes. does give you more flexibility for sure. Um, and well, look, Matt Carpenter is first, second, and third base eligible, right? And I think a lot of people. We talked about this during draft season a lot. Like you're you're somewhat likely to be playing Matt Carpenter at first base. Even though yep. he's second. Daniel Murphy too. I, I own Murphy in quite a few leagues. I think I'm playing him at first base and more than not. You drafted more second baseman than anybody else though. Like you, you were, your common theme was you had two or three second basemen on most of your teams. Because there's a lot of depth there. It's not you like, like I, the depth it's not like I reached for extra second basemen. <laughs> no, I just think you like those guys a lot more than, than we did. So that's why you think second base is a lot deeper. All right, let's move on. And uh, also position eligibility, Josh Harrison is now eligible at third base, and he was hit by a pitch in four straight plate appearances over two games. So congratulations, Josh Harrison. Let's talk Milwaukee talkie. Doesn't really make sense, but we're going with it. Eric Thames has homered in five straight games. He has hit more home runs than the Boston Red Sox and as many home runs as the Toronto Blue Jays with seven on the season. And Thames is the number one hitter in fantasy batting 368. Actually, I think I might be wrong about that because he now has seven home runs. I know he's number he's hitting, one hitter. He's hitting 405 okay. with a 479 on base and a thousand slugs. He was hitting 368 yesterday, so now it's 405 so with, with seven home runs, um, five walks, 11 strikeouts. Does anybody have something to say about Thames that we did not say yesterday? What we would sell high on Thames for Encarnacion, maybe for a guy like Carlos Santana. Uh, any, anyone, anyone want to update their Eric Thames thoughts? And of course, Chris, you weren't on yesterday, so take it away. Uh, well, I do want to point out that the, the strikeout rate has come down over the last five games. And part of that's just that he's hitting the crap out of the ball. But a, a few days ago, he was striking out about a third of the time, but his swinging strike rate is exceptionally low. It's 7.8%. That's the kind of number you usually see from like Mookie Betts or Michael Brantley. Not a, not a big hulking 
all-out power hitter. So that's really interesting, and it's very early on in the season, so we'll see. But that's a, that seems to be a promising sign for me. I will have to put my trade chart out tomorrow, which means I have to really feel confident in where I have Eric Thames ranked. <laughs> and I'm I'm going to struggle with that. Um, I, I think you have to put him at least as high as 14th at first base. I'm not sure what to do with him in the Santana, Abreu, Hanley range. I, I will probably leave him behind those guys for now. I didn't, I actually, uh, only slotted him 16th right. for now. I mean, yeah. another day I may have to, another day with the homer, <laughs> I may have to look at it again. Uh, but I don't want, like, I don't want to lead my opinion with Thames with me calling him a sell high. I'm, like, the, the only hurdle he has to clear now for, to convince me he's a good player is, you know, the only question for me is how soon does he start playing every day against all left-handed pitchers? And I think it's, inevitable if he keeps performing anywhere close to this level um but i think he's i think he's going to be a big deal and it is worth noting that he could get exposed playing every day you know facing more lefties there's a chance that yeah he could but it's that he can't hit lefties. i'm i'm thinking of that as a positive development if it happens are you guys going thames or greg bird at this point thanks thames Thames, he's one spot ahead of Bird for me. Yeah. Um, and he's right behind Hosmer and Pujols. That's where it gets tricky for me. I could see leapfrogging him and making him 14th, like Heath was saying, which would put him behind Chris Davis and Hanley Ramirez. Yeah, it'd be interesting if someone, if I, I don't own Eric Thames, but if someone offered me Jose Abreu for Thames. I, Abreu is off to a terrible start. But don't you— We've do, seen that from him before, too. I know, but it lasted like a, a half a season last year, you know. I don't know when he's going to come out of it. Um, I feel like you gotta take that, right? You'd have to trade Thames for Abreu, right? If I had Thames? Yeah, it, either way, like you'd rather that, have... That, that's what I'm really struggling with right now. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like with Hanley, the, the, my breaking point is probably Santana. I would have to take Santana. In with, a points league, I don't know that I'd have to take him in Roto. With Hanley and Ramirez, I would just kind of feel like I've already got Thames. I'm not sure that there's a big difference. I'm probably not making that trade. And I, and I understand... You know, my hesitance, even though I have him ranked lower than Thames, sounds kind of funny. But I do think there's something to the idea that when you have the player who looks like he could drastically outperform expectations, um, that improves that improves your season's overall your your team's overall potential ceiling, and you're kind of sacrificing a little of that for. Abreu, who's a borderline top 12 second first baseman, even at his best. Oh, uh, borderline. I don't think he's a borderline. borderline we all ranked him barely inside the top well, 12. Yeah, we rank him based on his best. He was, that was his best. His best is clearly a top five first baseman. All right. he's been that. All right. Yeah. That, Fine. That. He's been, he's been a first round caliber <laughs> hitter don't. in the past, but I'm not thinking that's the realistic outcome for Abreu anymore. All right. No, um, all right. So let, let's continue our Milwaukee talkie with Ryan Braun who is the number three outfielder in points leagues, number four outfielder in Roto leagues right now. And Braun is off to a good start. He has four steals. He has, I believe, five home runs. And, uh, yeah, he's batting 289 with five home runs, nine walks, 12 strikeouts. And this was poo-pooed by Chris and Heath when I brought it up in the preseason. This is his first healthy preseason for Ryan Braun in three years. Uh, two off-seasons ago, he had thumb surgery. Last off-season, back surgery. And nothing this year. So... I think he's only missed one game. He had like a, you know, a back thing. But yeah, no, Braun's off to a great start. And for a guy who was fourth, the fourth best outfielder in points per game last year, being drafted, you know, around the 12th best outfielder, it's, it's encouraging. Go talk. Someone else. Ryan Braun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was, I didn't really have any real concerns about him coming in. So he's, uh, he's being the stud I expected him to be. All right, would you guys rather have uh, Pollock or Braun? I would still rather have Pollock. This yep. is one of those situations where I don't think anything I've seen changes my opinion about Ryan Braun at all. Like, is there any reason to think he wasn't capable of this kind of 13-game stretch? No, nah, four steals is pretty good, though. That's true. A- and not and not just that. Like, he was, as, as I mentioned, the fourth-best outfielder on a per-game yeah. basis last year. So, um I don't, it, it's just a matter of how many games he's going to play, and they don't seem to be handling him with Kim, kid gloves yet. 
that could change, but. But like, he has a 451 Woba, which is really good. He had, I'm looking at the rolling 13 game averages for last season. He had a 50 game stretch like this, uh, last year. He had another 30 game stretch like this. Like, Ryan Braun is perfectly capable of this. This is exactly within the expected range for Ryan Braun. So it's just, I, this hasn't changed my view of Ryan Braun in any way. Fair enough. Let's see if your views have changed on these players. This segment is called Get Out of Dodge with a question mark. And it is inspired. Yeah, Heath likes it. You like it. I, I like it a lot just because of the first name on the list. And Chris's, this hasn't changed anything. Well, it's inspired to... by two Dodgers, not just not just the first one. The first one is Jock Peterson, who's 86% owned. And last year he was the number 47 outfielder in points leagues and number 44 in Roto. And Peterson, uh, you know, he was 246, but he hit a, you know, he had 25 home runs and stole six bases, 26 doubles, but he only had the 54th most played appearances among outfielders. Uh, MLB outfielders, not outfield eligible players. Anyway, Peterson is 86% owned. And he's off to a slow start, but he's also sitting against lefties. Five of the seven lefties they face. That's a lot, by the way. Uh, I don't know why. He's hitting 429 against them. Yeah. That's that's the I my opinion on Jock Peterson's skill set hasn't changed at all. He still has a he has a 97 mile per hour average exit velocity. He's got a 38 percent hard hit rate. I still think Jock Peterson's a really good hitter, but I thought he was going to play more against lefties. When do we start saying about hitters? Well, his velocity's down. You know, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's still too early to say that it's a changed skill set. No, no, I mean, I mean, like, the, we always say about pitchers, oh, the, his velocity's oh. up, his velocity's down. We're, like, now it's that. We're talking cast, about hitters in terms of velocity. We'll start saying it about hitters, too. Um, well, what do you think, Chris? You really like Jock Peterson. Are you, are you worried? And do you think that 86% is too, too high for, for Peterson? Probably. The Dodgers don't seem to like him as much as I do. And then that seems to be the main thing. I expected, uh, or at least I was hoping to see him play more regularly. And since that's not happening, it doesn't really matter how good I think he can be. Adrian Gonzalez is 94% owned. He has no extra base hits against lefties, and he sat yesterday against the lefties. He's just, he's just been bad. He's batting 250 with no homers. But seven walks, seven strikeouts. So I know we don't talk about Adrian Gonzalez too often, but do you think that he's going to just have a terrible year? I think 94% is too high because I don't know that I really have a spot for him on a standard – like he could be on my bench in a standard points league, but I'm not mm-hmm. starting him. Ryan Zimmerman is 66% owned, and I'd rather own Ryan Zimmerman. Okay, I can't imagine I'm I'm owning Adrian Gonzalez unless I it's a middle infield or a corner infield league, right? Yeah. And even then, there's so many good third basemen. Yeah, like Mustakas. You'd rather play Mustakas over Adrian Gonzalez at, at corner infield, right? I that's that's close. It's really close. I don't. Well, know. like how how much is Nicholas Castellanos owned? He's eighty percent. I would definitely rather have Nick Castellanos than Adrian Gonzalez. Mustakas is about seventy percent, and yeah, and Gonzalez is almost universally owned. Okay, so he stinks. Um, how about these two outfielders that are eighty percent owned? Cole Calhoun, who's off to a slow start, and Carlos Beltran, who is six days away from his fortieth birthday. He is off to a slow start. He's batting two sixty. But uh, two walks, 13 strikeouts, no home runs, three doubles in 13 games. Cole Calhoun and Carlos Beltran, 80% owned. Should we get out of Dodge with these guys and exchange them for a hot hand? I'm much more concerned about Beltran, obviously, because a couple reasons. The age is a big one, but the crowded playing time issue there as well. If he's bad for a month, you just may see him as a pinch hitter. Yeah, he hasn't gotten squeezed yet. But it's certainly possible. And his, he's another guy. His exit velocity is down to 79 miles per hour, which is bad. Yeah, he's a player. Beltron is a player I've been dropping for some hot hand outfielders who I think are probably too high owned, highly owned now for you to get. And, um, you know, like Mitch Haniger, um, Manuel Margot even. I think I'd rather have him than Beltron at this oh, yeah. point. But you know, I don't think Cole Calhoun, and if we're talking like shallower leagues, like his his final stat line is probably going to be about what we expect it to be. But it's just it's not a very imposing stat line. It's one you could probably live without. 
and you may be too late to Margot and 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 Haniger. You may have to wait for the next crop of outfielders to really Where's grab our attention at? on the waiver wire. But I I don't think in those shallow three outfielder leagues, Calhoun is undroppable. Well, Calhoun is best in in. OBP leagues or points leagues because that's what he does well. He walks. He was the number 23 outfielder in that format last year, um, at number 21. He was number 36 in Roto, and that was playing 157 games. So, you know, he's not, uh, Aaron Judge, by the way, is 81% owned, Chris. Yeah. But I, I'm thinking more along the lines of, like, yeah, you sure, you could drop Calhoun and Beltron for an outfielder. You could also drop him for a two-star pitcher that you're just going to dump the next week. I mean, I think they're just, sort of they're sort of uh, replaceable yeah. parts, you know? Just don't make it two-star, Tom. Like uh, that didn't end well. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of goes without saying. If your league is shallow enough that you can afford to bench Calhoun, then I don't think he's going to be a real difference maker for you, even when he does heat up. Yeah, I'd be willing to drop him for, to to pick up like Matt Bush or Brad Brock, even. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about Jordan Montgomery a little bit later. Sam Dyson on the DL. Buy low, sell high. That's coming up very soon. Um, would you guys get out of Dodge on Jarrell Cotton? He's 81% owned. He is a two-star pitcher, so I'm sure that's part of it. But, uh, you know, people had some high hopes for Jarrell Cotton. He's had only one good start in three. What do you think about him? It, it does seem kind of high given, um, you know, kind of a middling prospect pedigree, and he made, what, five starts last year, which were good. But, like, this year, nine walks already in 16 and two-thirds innings, and control is supposed to be his best asset. So I'd uh I'd be comfortable letting him go for a more current uh pitcher off the way one who's I, who's attracting more attention now. I, I think there's a good chance you're picking him back up later in the year, but he just does not seem to have the touch or the feel right, right now. Yeah, very good, very good. <laughs> Would you drop Jarrell Cotton for Jordan Montgomery? No. no. Um, sure. Maybe. Jordan Montgomery couldn't have asked for a much better Start with Tampa Bay and the White Sox. That should be noted. And neither of them have, neither of the starts have been that great. This and one he, was pretty he good. Was, he's I mean, even below, like, I, I called Cotton's prospect pedigree middling Montgomery's is he, below that. He was he, pretty good last night until that seventh inning. He also had like 17 swinging strikes in the first start. Right. That's really good. How many did he have yesterday? Like 11 he or something. He had 11, yeah. which is a pretty good number. He, I'm just not sure that's enough of a number absent anything else to really make me devote a roster spot to him. Well, I, well we're talking about dropping cotton. cotton had. Yeah. Um then I just want to say about Montgomery, he he did have six scoreless innings and he gave up an infield single, then kind of a softly hit single and then a very hard hit three-run homer and that was it for him. So he didn't record it out in the 7th. But uh yeah, he did well, but man, the White the White Sox, especially without Todd Frazier, I mean that's and Abreu can't hit anything. It's it's an easy easy task. Um all right, yesterday's standouts, you know, we talked names. I think Chris Davensky needs to be discussed. He's thirty five percent owned, two scoreless innings, no hits, no walks, four strikeouts. As I mentioned, Davensky is the number eleven pitcher in Roto. The the number one true relief pitcher, Dylan Bundy is ahead of him, but Davensky's actually a reliever. Uh, he's got a .82 ERA, 21 strikeouts to one walk in 11 innings. Amazing. And a 4.55 whip. Uh, so, and, and I, I do think there's a chance he could join the rotation at some point if fire stinks, but yeah, like is, would you rather have Dellen Batansis or Chris Davinsky? I think that's right. That's right where he deserves to be. I'm not sure. Like th- this is a weird situation where I'm not sure I would like drop Dellen Batansis for Chris Davinsky, but I I think Chris Davinsky's probably must own in Roto. If they're both on the waiver wire, I'm still picking up Batances. But I do think Davinsky needs to be the next non-closer that you're looking at. Were there any other big standouts from yesterday's games that we didn't talk about? Okay, there probably lots of them. <laughs> All right, they're in the notes, big right? Night. Who? It was a big night for lots of different players. Freddie Freeman, many players Who? doing things. Yeah. Uh, Matt Holiday hit a three-run homer coming back from injury. I benched him in a lot of leagues, but I I still like his setup, the way the Yankees are playing him every day and batting him, what, cleanup mm-hmm. most nights. Did you know he hit the second longest home run of the season? It's like 400, almost 470 feet, or almost 460 feet, I think. Yeah. Uh, it was the fourth longest, according to Hit Tracker Online, 447 what? feet. 
I read in two different spots it was the second longest. There's this two is... different ways of measuring home runs. Stupid! Constant disagreement between the two of them. Stupidity and alert. That's so annoying. Like, yeah. it, it makes it hard to believe anything. Well, are you, <laughs> it's, it's whether, and there, it's whether you're trying to measure how far the home run actually landed away from home plate or mm-hmm. how far the home run would have landed if whatever it hit wasn't in the way. Okay. I don't think that's really it. Uh, you don't? No, that's not. They're both trying to measure how far the home run would have gone. Okay. From to ground level. Which doesn't they're help the cause. just two different ways well, of doing that. It's just that you're estimating from that point on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, well, so, because there's like 30. But if, if the math is accurate, there should only be one estimation, yes, right? That's no, correct. Like they could just no. be... No, there's, so there's someone's math just is a really nilly estimation of two different. <laughs> we are non-zero chance. Uh, okay, so let's go to the big news then. Sam Dyson's on the deal. We'll talk about Freddie Freeman, by the way. We have some emails to read. I know people want to hear about uh, Freeman, who hit two doubles and two homers yesterday. Now, I'm not. You should check your league setting. I'm pretty sure that anything hit off Jared Weaver, they only give you half of the total bases. So he basically had two singles and two doubles less. Actually, no, th- only three of the hits were off Weaver. So you have to check your league settings. Um, Sam Dyson's on the DL with a quote-unquote hand contusion. Right. Got, wink, wink. Um, hand contusion my foot. Exactly. Matt Bush is going to get the first chance at saves. All right. Any reaction here? We kind of knew. We kind of figured that, right? No, that's great. I mean, it's great. It's great for a couple reasons. Dyson going on the DL means the Rangers can't change their mind tomorrow. And they've singled out Bush as the favorite to replace him. They're not going to keep us guessing. They they said Bush wouldn't necessarily get all of the save chances, but I imagine if he converts the early ones, he'll keep getting them. And I would guess I, – I think he's the most talented reliever in the Rangers' bullpen, so I don't think he looks back. I think he's just their closer. Okay. If not him, who? Jeffers, I think. Um, yeah, yep. probably Jeffress, though LeClerc, I don't think we've, I could see him getting involved too if Bush struggles or his shoulder hurts again or whatever. They called up Keone Kella, I've seen him picked up in I think two of my leagues, but they demoted him because he was kind of like, kind of a jerk face that was not doing well in the clubhouse. Right, so. no, that's true, I mean, he's he's better than Jose LeClerc probably, so if he, you know, if, if Bush only has... The job for a few days, and during that time, Kayla dominates. I, I could see him getting back in the mix, too. All right. Well, let's just hope Matt Bush, you know, takes yeah. it and runs with it. Must, must add, I would say, unless saves just don't matter in your league. Rich Hill is on the DL with the blisters. And you know, are they thinking about putting Rich Hill in the bullpen? Uh, I believe they did say that was something they have to consider. I, I kind of interpreted it as a reporter asked them that question specifically, and they weren't just going to shoot it down. Like, they're paying him too much to make him a reliever, right? Well, the theory uh, I, is, you know, I, if he just can't throw that many pitches yeah. because of the blisters, they right. have to But that, that seems like giving in too quickly. I, I know they're, they're talking to, like, one of their old tra- trainers, I think, who has some remedies that might help. Um, they're talking Josh about— Josh Beckett on the, on the phone. They're talking about changing the grip on his curveball, which probably wouldn't be for the best. I mean, the curveball is, is so good that you'd hate to pick. mess with it, what what makes it so good. But um, they're they're throwing a lot of options out there, things they could try with Rich Hill. They're, they're letting him throw through it. He's actually throwing on the side right now because uh, Dave Roberts said, look, he had a whole offseason to rest. We don't think rest is going to be what fixes it. All right, so would you drop – would you drop – Jarrell Cotton or Jordan Montgomery for Alex Wood. I mean, it is it is interesting that Alex Wood is throwing a lot harder. I think he's three miles per hour up from where he was last season. Um, he kind of blew my mind in that Cubs start. It wasn't a good start, but his stuff was so electric. He was absolutely nasty against the Cubs. And th- the thing is, he didn't even really need to throw hard to be a mixed league relevant pitcher. So that's, I mean, it's kind of a nice bonus. Um, but it's, it's funny that you talk about his stuff being electric because I always saw him as a guy who the stuff's pretty marginal, but he's effective anyway because his delivery is so deceptive. So if he can combine the two, I mean, I don't even know what that kind of upside would look like. I would rather own him than Montgomery. Um, even though I think Hill's eventually going to be back in the rotation, who knows? 
what all changes for the Dodgers rotation between now and then. All right. So that's Alex Wood. Marcus Simeon is going to have surgery. He's going to be out for a while. He'll be reevaluated in six weeks. Wrist injury. Simeon's gone for a while. Adam Rosales is going to be Oakland's starting shortstop. Kendall Graben's on the DL with a shoulder injury. He may only miss one start. Good news for Jay Happ and Aaron Sanchez. It seems they might not miss that much time. And Heath, uh, I know Carter Capps got roughed up in a rehab assignment on Sunday, but, you know, you look at the back end of the Padres bullpen and Caps is 41% owned. Do you think that ownership number should go up? I think, yeah, I don't really care that he got roughed up in a rehab assignment. Brandon Maurer got roughed up in a real baseball game. Um, <laughs> and he's going to continue to get roughed up because he's not very good. If you've got an open DL spot, I don't know why you wouldn't. Yeah, but yeah. he can't be too far away from coming back. No, no, he's gotta be he's pretty close and can't I, be more than, what, 17 days? Because of the rehab assignment rules, yeah. Yeah, it's 20 days or 30 days? Uh, 30. 30 for I, pitchers, 20 for hitters maybe? Okay. Or am I making uh, that up? I, I think you're making that, that up. up. I, th- I think I may have made that up. <laughs> no, yeah. just like sounds, the home run distance. Just pick a number. Right. <laughs> I actually ranked, uh, DL stashes right now in fantasy and caps checks in 25th for me. Which means, you know, 12-team league with only two DL spots, he's just outside of that. But probably somebody has more than two of the 24 ahead of them and is having to stash one on his bench. So I would say he's pretty much worth stashing across the board, Caps is. Yeah, and and look, we can't just assume that Carter Caps is going to come back from Tommy John and, and be the same. But he he did have a 116 ERA and struck out 58 batters in 31 innings in he, he was arguably the best reliever in baseball yeah. in 2015. So worth a worth a look. I'm going to tell you who I think the ultimate sell high candidate is after I tell you about ZipRecruiter. If anyone is hiring right now or will be hiring in the future, you need to listen to this. You need to get on ZipRecruiter. Try it free at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Posting your job in one place will not find you quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites, and now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, and you can do it all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or any industry nationwide. Just post once once, and watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. I actually went on the website last night gave it a spin. I typed in doctor because apparently I'm going to become a doctor now, and a whole bunch of job listings in my area came up. I just wanted to see the way it worked, and it's very cool. It's very easy to use. So if you're hiring, get on ZipRecruiter right now. My listeners can get a free trial by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. You can post jobs for free on ZipRecruiter at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Give it a shot. All right. Last year, I said early in the year that Dexter Fowler was the ultimate sell-high candidate. And I didn't mean that in a sense of, oh, Dexter Fowler is bad. You're going to rip someone off. You're going to get a great player and give someone, you know, give away a bad player in Fowler. No. I meant he's good, and you can actually get a maybe a great player who's struggling for a good player. And that is how I feel right now about Mitch Haniger. Mitch oh. Haniger's good. I'm convinced he's going to be on rosters all year. But let's turn Mitch Haniger into a struggling stud. Let's turn Mitch Haniger and someone else into Edwin Encarnacion. Isn't isn't there a better version of this? Eric Thames? Yeah. Okay. Fair. Like the number one hitter in fantasy who's not playing every day, isn't that the uh, the much better sell high option? Right, yeah, it, it, fine, fine. We, we this, already talked about him in that context, though. Exactly, the, the ultimate one that we haven't talked about. And look, you want to put Mo, Nomar Mazzara in there? That's fine. But Hanniger, no, I don't. You don't. No. Why not? I think Nomar Mazzara is better than Mitch Hanniger, and uh, I don't think Mazzara is going to be as good as he's being as he has been. So far, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's a top 20 outfielder. Okay. Well, my point is, I think that Hanniger's a good player. I think you're going to give somebody that's, that's productive, that's valuable, but let's get somebody great out of it. I'm not just going to say, oh, you know, so high on, you know, some scrub who's been producing. Uh, so that's where I'm coming from this. Anybody have a problem with selling Hanniger to get what you thought was an elite player? Provided it's actually high. I mean, you've, you've, you know, you've, Added your addendums and clarifications, so addenda. Did I? <laughs> uh, um, what would you trade him for, Jose Bautista? No, no. 
And, and I, I think Bautista will, you know, would be better, but it just seems too risky to me. And I feel like I can do, I, one, one for one, I don't know what I can get for Hanniger, but like I have Hanniger and I have Jake Lamb on, on the same team. And I feel like I could turn them into somebody really, like Edward Encarnacion. Would you trade him for Andrew McCutcheon? I wouldn't trade, I would trade Denard Span for Andrew yes. McCutcheon. You would, would trade Hanniger for, I would not trade Hanniger for McCutcheon. Yes, I would trade Hanniger for McCutcheon. Of course I would. I have him ranked like 30 spots higher, Adam. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, but what I'm saying I is, I don't necessarily aim want higher. to, um, you know. Aim higher. Well, I, I don't have to be a slave to my rankings. I mean, uh, that's, I'm, I'm not saying I'm like, I'm not saying it's like 21 versus 18. Yeah, it's like no, I 43 versus 14. I would, I think I would trade Hanniger for McCutcheon, but there would be some hesitation. But I, I hate McCutcheon, you know. You do. I don't hate anyone, but McCutcheon, yeah. not my guy, so. Uh, I, I like the kind of deal you're proposing. What about Polanco? If it's, I'm just worried about his health. Like, I, but I would probably take a gamble on that. Like, <laughs> I I expect Hanniger to be better. But I love Polanco. I, I, I think Polanco I was, is no, so I, much I better I than McCutcheon. I only asked because I was trolling you, and you did exactly what I hoped you would. I'm using the word expect here. I expect Hanniger to be better than Gregory Polanco was last year. So it depends on A, Polanco staying healthy, and B, him taking a step forward for me to justify that move. I mean, I got Hanniger inside my top 40 outfielders now, so it's not like it's... See, my ultimate sell high is a little bit different because he has been one of the best in baseball before, and so I think it's easier for everyone to believe that he's one of the best in baseball again. Dallas Keuchel. Well, I... It's funny you're bringing up a Mitch Hanniger trade, Adam, because we share a team uh-huh, yeah. with Mitch Hanniger on it, and we were offered a trade that includes Dallas Keuchel. And I, I just think the outfielder involved in the trade isn't good enough, but it was an interesting yeah. trade. What was the trade? It was They were giving us Dallas Keuchel and Carlos Beltran, and we were giving them Rick Porcello and Mitch Hanniger, no, which no, I think no, was no. based on the discussion a couple days ago that we would both prefer Keuchel to Porcello. So if he wants to make that offer straight up, we could go for it. But, yeah, I agree with you. The, I, I, I like Hanniger quite a bit more than Beltron. You would rather have Dallas Keuchel than Rick Porcello? Uh, yeah, Adam and I both would. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would rather have Dallas Keuchel too. than Rick Porcello. I think they're very similar. They're in a similar spot in my rankings. Yeah. Um, they weren't far apart to begin with, and I think the way early season events have played out. You'd rather have Keiko than Porcello, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just shocked. Why? Okay. Scott, Scott liked Keiko more than us at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I guess. But back to why he's basically, he's got a 3-5-7 FIP in his first three starts. He's got a 3-5-5, or 3-7-1 FIP over his career. He's not striking people out. He's one of five pitchers in baseball that's le- yet to allow a runner that got on base to score. He's pitching like his 2015 self, or 2014 self. An extreme version so far, yes. Well, but when you say all these things and like, like Dallas Keuchel's gonna regress, it's not like he has a, a 280 ERA and it's gonna go up to four. He, he's got a sub one ERA right now. So yeah, of I, course I would he's think gonna he's regress. He's probably a mid threes ERA pitcher. He's a mid threes, yes. Oh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say he ends the season sub three. I don't think if he'd done this for five or six starts, then I would say I'd probably agree with you because if he was a mid threes guy the rest of the year, he was probably still below three. But I I would guess he's going to finish right around three between three and a quarter and three point five. All right, so tell me feel, who you're trading him for. I'm sorry, Chris. Tell me if you think Keiko's a sell high. Tell me who you're trading him for. I would trade him for Cole Hamels. Okay, you're not. I you're think not concerned? I would trade him for. I think I would look at a sell high by low opportunity with Garrett Cole. Oh yep, my gosh, you take Garrett Cole over Dallas Keuchel? Yes. Uh, I don't think Cole's been impressive enough so far to to justify that. And and I I really liked Garrett Cole coming into the year. Yeah. I and, was I would trade him for Danny Salazar no matter how mad you were over his start last night. No, I was very happy with his. Danny Salazar's start was so Danny Salazar. The guy could not throw. Not that he wasn't throwing strikes, but I think Chris, you said he doesn't have control issues. He has command issues. He mm-hmm. could not command anything for two innings. And he I'm sorry, I just saw your good. tweet that said terrible Salazar tonight. Oh, well, that was in two innings. He was awful. <laughs> um, but no, but here's the thing: like, if you're selling get, that was Keiko for Garrett Cole, that is not executing his sell high. Because that is no. it. Like, you don't know who's going to be better. You have to sell him for like. 
Jacob deGrom or better. You have to sell him for Cueto. You have to sell him for an ace. And he still might be better than those guys, but at least... Yeah, I just, I don't think he's, I don't think there's a very good chance he'll be better than them. I think that's a really low chance. And that's I, why you I sell him for the, for them. I, if I could get him, if I could get him for Jacob deGrom, who I think is one of the ten best pitchers in baseball, yes, I would do that. No but one's I, doing that. But nobody's I, doing that. Like, I think means you probably shouldn't trade him. Sure. Yeah. I think, I think we're, we're missing the most obvious sell high candidate. Who, who's Michael, that? Michael Pineda, yeah. I, what are you getting for him? There are there are still people who believe that this is the real Michael Pineda and everything he's done before is the fake Michael Pineda. I'm gonna and say, I am absolutely targeting them to trade him too. Two words, two words. Tell me if this impacts you at all on Pineda. Contract year. No. Okay. And those people drafted him. They, they already they already have him in here. Uh, you could you could get you could potentially get like Quintana for Pineda. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, you we could, we. See. I just I just had someone on Twitter tell me that they were offered AJ Pollock for Michael Pineda. Exactly. We see dumb That's trades huge. all the time. It happens. That is a perfect sell high buy low. Yeah. We don't play with enough dumb people. Is the problem? No, we're we out don't. Of touch. But we're well, yeah. Does. We're giving advice to people who do play with dumb people. I just actually <laughs> I just had a trade offer rejected like five minutes ago. Uh, I offered Aledmus Diaz. Couldn't you always say that, don't you? I, yeah. I, I imagine yeah. you have a stream of emails yep. that just says straight off or rejected it at all times. I, I offered Aledmus Diaz for Xander Bogarts. Xander Bogarts is someone I'd like to buy low on, and I think the buy lows that I'm going to give today are guys that I think people are maybe a little down on, and I think because Bogarts, he's hitting 333, but he has like no extra base. He has, I don't know, like one, two doubles, no power right now, and he's hitting sixth, and I think that's making people uh, regret Xander Bogarts. Not everybody, but some people might be regretting their Xander Bogarts picks. So I still think it's fine, even if he's hitting six. So I offered a Ledmus Diaz for him straight up. It got rejected. Can I throw out a controversial sell high? Yeah. Someone who I own pretty much universally. Danny Duffy. I, I know he's been good. The 1.8 ERA is really good. And he has so far managed to avoid my concerns about his diminished velocity, which is... It's down two miles per hour from last year. Um, but the strikeout rate is way down. The walk rate is way up. It's only three starts. So, you know, that's what it is. But I remain concerned about him. Well, when you say the velocity is down for Duffy, Heath brought this up. Is it down from when he was a reliever last year at the beginning of the year? No, he was around even when he first started starting. He was still like 95, 96 early on. He went down to about 94, high 93 in like late in the season when he ran out of gas. But uh, no, it is down from his entire season. All right. Uh, any other buy lows or sell highs? I also made a trade offer last night that I'm sure will be rejected pretty soon. Uh, my Neftali Feliz for his Sengwon O. So that'll probably get rejected. I feel like Sengwon O is a really good buy low because I think people don't buy it. I I get the feeling there's going to be some Trevor Rosenthal hype starting to build because O has been so mediocre so far and Trevor Rosenthal's mm-hmm. throwing hard. Um, but I, I just I still think Sengwon O is just it a dramatically better pitcher. Like he, he yeah he probably is, but I'm I'm worried about him because it doesn't take much for a closer to lose his job and he's. Made five appearances. He's allowed an earned run in four of them. Yeah, he's pitched uh, very bad. sporadically yeah. though. Um, like they, cause they haven't been winning. And I actually think that the Cardinals might have a bad year. So he might not get as many save chances as I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here's the other thing, like, I, cause I thought about that. Like, let's just say Tobin, the Cardinals fan who owns Senwano and is no way gonna trade him for Natalia Felice. Let's just say he clicks accept and I now have Senwano. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll just pick up Rosenthal. Nobody's picking up Rosenthal right now. Just stash him for a little bit. I can get him for a dollar. Um, so, you know, if you're the Semano owner, you can prioritize Trevor Rosenthal. Right. But I think roster space is one of the most valuable commodities this time of year, too. So yeah. I, I don't yeah. necessarily think that's a solution. It depends on the league, I guess. Uh, who else? Who are we buying low on, selling high on? Uh, it's, too bad Kendall Graveman got hurt because he was an obvious sell high candidate. So uh, now he's a buy low. Eh. <laughs> he might be able to pick him up. 
Um, I'm I I'm getting tweets almost every day. Should I drop Jose Bautista yet? If I can trade the worst player on my team for Jose Bautista, I'm taking that chance on it. And I think you might be able. You can. To. Yeah. Not the worst player on your team. Like it's going to have to be someone who's good. Or Travis Shaw playing well. Yeah, like Travis Shaw. I trade Tra- Travis Shaw's not playing good anymore, so yeah, you probably yeah, can't do that. Probably not. <laughs> Um, I would trade Travis Shaw for Jose Bautista, yes. I, somebody that's kind of hot right now. Well, Hanniger was a good example. Hey, Eugenio Suarez. Mm, not quite that hot. Uh, Suarez, <laughs> sure, yeah. Suarez, I'd do that. Um, Aaron you, Judge for yep, Jose Bautista. Yeah, yep, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think Blake Snell counts as a sell high because he has a 2.76 ERA? Like, just no. hope that the person who owns him has not watched him pitch at all? No, he's no. like 60% owned. Okay. I wonder about went back to the sell high real quick, but we can talk about two possible buy lows with it. Like Freddie Freeman looks like an MVP candidate again. Would you trade him for Miggy or Encarnacion? <laughs> I think he could. Well, first I of all, it, it, you should we should mention it seems like he's definitely in a hitter's more of a hitter's park now, right? The, the new it, park. It's a little early for me to. I would not. Make that declaration at this point. Okay. Uh, it's needs to see at least five games. Yeah, <laughs> it's too early to say it, but just like judging from the dimensions before they ever even played a game there, I would have said it'll probably be a hitter's park. So. All I'd, right, that that's a good one, Heath, because you know, it, youth is on his side. Would you trade? Yeah, Freddie I don't think Freeman? I would trade him for one of those two guys yet. I'd want somebody else. I think I'd say Freeman for Incarnacion and somebody. Startable for me. Like I, I still have those guys ahead of Freeman and Carnacion and Cabrera, but I don't feel great about it. Are we buying Freeman? Yeah, um, I am. Like buying that he'll be just as good as he was last year. Yeah, when he was the number six first baseman in points, number seven in Roto, but had a, had an excellent year. I think he could be just outside the top five first baseman. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's, yeah, off, the, off to a good start. I think he was mine. But if we think he's number six or seven, we should be probably trading him for Miggy or Encarnacion. But if... It's a close okay. six or seven, though. I mean, there's a <clears throat> non-zero chance. Yeah, there we are. That this is, this is the year Edwin Encarnacion fades into oblivion. It is. I'm betting against that. But am I betting Freddie Freeman against that? I don't know. I don't so you're more likely to buy low on Encarnacion than sell high on Freeman. And look, it's really hard to make a trade between two guys at the same position who are separated by one or two spots. Like that, <laughs> That's true. I, I, I think it's kind of a dumb trade to even make. Yeah. Just because you're leaving yourself, like, if Freddie Freeman's better than Miguel Cabrera this season, like, there's probably a 40% chance of that. And like, at, at that point, you're just kind of leaving yourself up to, to the whims of the universe rather than anything that you can control. I, I just mm. that's the kind of trade that just doesn't ever make much sense. Like it's a, it's like in football, should I trade a running back for a running back? Eh. Would you trade Freddie Freeman for Josh Donaldson? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Although maybe if I'm 0 and 2 <laughs> and I'm worried about like the short-term ramifications of right. not having Donaldson available, that that might but it, I'm probably not 0 and 2 if I have Freddie Freeman. It's, okay. uh, it's, it's not, it's, yeah, that's, it doesn't have an easy answer. Cause we don't really even have a timetable for Donaldson. We think it's going to be a minimum stay, but string cap, I mean, that could be six weeks. And we've yeah. also seen it not be as easy to handle as they expect it to be. Yeah. Right. And he had calf injuries last year. He had calf injury in spring training. So he's a, he's a risky one. You have to really buy low. Like, I would trade Hanniger for Josh Donaldson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I trade Hanniger and Travis Shaw for, uh, or Suarez or Gustakis or whoever, whatever low end third baseman you want to throw in there. Well, I offered Jake Lamb. I think we offered Jake Lamb and Carlos Gomez for Josh Donaldson to a, God, in a 14 so team insulting. league. Yeah. Oh, well, if you did that to listen. my face, I would punch you. Hey, listen, listen. Before Jake Lamb got hurt last year, he was one Whoa. of the best third basemen in fantasy. He had a you... nine. Hold on, he had a nine fifty nine OPS. This is a fourteen team league where there's no easy Josh Donaldson replacement. The guy's got a terrible third baseman now. So I, I knew that. Adam, was... Adam, 
That was Jamie's idea. You're hoping you're hoping me? to rip someone off. Yes. You write don't these try, explanations in your offers. Don't in the try to justify it. I actually okay. have someone who does that in football, and he's the worst. So wait, oh, what if is, what if I our, our former our, our coworker does that, and he is the worst? What if I had offered Jake Lamb and Mitch Haniger for Josh Donaldson? No. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, I wouldn't take it. It's not that I ridiculous. I could see how some people I would be take really it. upset if someone in my league accepted that offer. You know, would, we need to start I talking would... about Jake Lamb, though, because while I do think he's a sell-high candidate, he's been one of the best third basemen in fantasy, we might just be missing the boat on Jake Lamb. Like I said, 959 OPS before he hurt his hand last year in 94 games. And he's again off to a great start, and he doesn't sit against lefties. He's also striking out in nearly a third of his plate Who appearances. Who cares? He has a... Oh, we do care. I no, mean, we shouldn't. Like, he's proven that he can strike out and why? still hit home runs. Well, no, his strikeout rate's up. All right, it's three, it's two and a half weeks. He, but he's, he's a 250 hitter with a 25% strikeout rate. If he's got a 30% strikeout rate, he's gonna be a, a 230, 240 hitter. Oh, also, like, if we're writing off the strikeout rate as two and a half weeks, then we're writing off the performance. No, because it's 94 games last year of a 950 OPS. 960 OPS. But then what happened after that? He hurt his hand and he sucked. Okay. Alright. So you're, you're making the injury ruined him and not his own peripherals ruined him argument, which That's could a, be true. It's reasonable, but the peripherals are also a, a very good argument. Yeah, and I don't think it was just one. I'm sure he would have regressed a little bit. Not gonna hit, you know, not gonna have a 960 OPS, but I think Jake Lamb is good. That's I think Jake Lamb is good too. I, but you're talking about trading for Josh Donald. Yeah, I know, but I think I think there's a lot to fear with Josh Donaldson. I don't think Josh like like I said. I think there's nothing to th- fear th- but fear. Itself. There's just one thing to fear <laughs> with Josh Donaldson, and it and it's an injury that he played through last season and was was what the number three hitter in fantasy. Yeah, I don't remember off the top of my head, but but you're right that it is just one thing to fear. But I fear it. I fear it a lot. So. Yeah, I don't fear it enough to trade him for Jake Lamb and Mitch Haniger. No. Yeah. Okay. 14 team league. You need some depth. Anyone else, guys? Oh crap. Team I mean, you have Kyle Seeger on your list. I think that's a, that's a great one. We saw him last year get off to a rough start and I, I don't really have any concerns about him. I, I think he's good. Buy low. Buy low. Yes, buy low. Sorry. Sell high. I, I have this stat on Will Myers. I had him maybe as a sell high because he's not running. He's got one, he's got no steals in one attempt in 14 games. Myers stole 28 bat bases last year. In his first 14 games, he had one steal in one attempt. I don't know if that means anything, but he's on the same pace, except he was thrown out. Same pace as he was last year. I just wonder, like, how many times he's been standing on first with first base open. Because he only has... Uh, second base open. He's got one walk and, with like, second, yeah, he's six got, singles. Yeah, like, he, he probably hasn't had that many opportunities to steal. Right. Uh, right, one, what, like, one walk, 12 strikeouts for him? Uh, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, he, he has. Thought. He has. He's twelve going... singles slash walks. So. I don't. I don't think he can improve, improve enough as a hitter that if he's no longer a base dealer, he's not a disappointment. If that made sense. Sure. Um. Yeah. I mean, so if he's, I'm, a, I'm if a, he's a 900 OPS that. bat, he's probably not a disappointment. Yeah, maybe not. I'm glad, like, the Braves just finished up a four-game series against the Padres, so I saw a lot of the Padres the last few days. I'm glad I don't watch them very often because I think it would taint my view of Will Myers. He is just so impressive to watch. Oh, really? He looks a lot better than he actually is, and obviously he's very good. Anybody who doesn't wear batting gloves, I think that's true of. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I love the batting gloveless look. You're bearing the lead, though. Because the most fascinating player on the Padres is by far Ryan Shem. <laughs> that dude is just amazing. Do you think <laughs> just that Rob Deere reincarnated? There's a more okay. I'll, I'll rephrase it. The one player in baseball that every time I see him step up to the plate, I'm looking at. I said, "This is the best player in baseball." Just just by the look of him, no, is Troy <laughs> Tulowitzki. The guy is so he just has the look of the best player I've ever seen. And it's just not true, but he just looks it. That's Eric Cosmer. Mike Trout. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, because like, he's a good-looking guy, big. 
Lefty. Team yeah, USA. That's Eric Hosmer, for yeah. sure. Right. Eric Hosmer does look good. Eric Hosmer looks like a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Eric Until Thames? Eric Thames or Eric Hosmer? Uh, Eric Thames. Pretty easy. I, I, think, I think I'm ready to make that change in my rankings. I've moved Thames ahead of him this morning. Yep. Okay. Ain't that a Thames. Let's do some team names after I read you some injuries, news, and notes. St. Louis GM John Mozalak expressed his disappointment with Yadier Molina's defense. Right after I expressed my disappointment with it, I don't think there's a coincidence. John Mozalak listens to the podcast. Didn't they just sign him to a contract yep, extension? They sure That's did. Dumb. Jason Kipnis could be back on Friday. Carlos Correa sat. He might come back today. Alex Bregman has made two appearances at shortstop. Bregman, by the way, has walked in three straight games. Looks like he might be coming out of his slump a little bit. Uh, Matt Kemp should be back Wednesday. JT Realmuto batted sixth at Seattle with Martin Prado back in the lineup. Gregory Polanco pinch hit. He had a pinch hit RBI double against San Juan O. He could start today. John Farrell, and we don't talk about Craig Kimbrell much, but he had, I think he faced nine rays and struck out seven of them in the four game series. And John Farrell said that Kimbrell's delivery is the best it's been since he's been in Boston. Uh, Matt Carpenter sat with a minor finger injury. Todd Frazier's been out with an illness. The Yankees sat Greg Bird and Brett Gardner against the lefty Derek Holland, but they say, uh, Joe Girardi said, we think Bird is an everyday player. They think Holland is very tough on lefties. They wanted their righties in there. Uh, Gene Segura should be back on Tuesday. Is there any role for Taylor Motter, who's been great? Yeah, I hit his third home run yesterday. He can play pretty much everywhere, and uh, looking at his minor league track record, there is some legitimate pop there. I just, I think it's not going to be consistent enough for him to matter outside of AL only. I mean, I, I guess the thought would be that the outfielders besides Mitch Hanniger continue to struggle enough that he gets an opportunity. Um, but they made such a stink about the outfield defense being mm-hmm. how they want to build their team that I, I think it's going to take a while for uh, Dyson or Leonis Martin to really be benched. So it's not just a matter of time. Thank you. What's the matter with you? <laughs> I like it. Sunny Gray threw. I don't like most. Sunny Gray threw an expe- extended spring training. Gray could be back uh, by the end of April. All right, team name Tuesday. I got to tell you some some really bad team names. Not not all of them, <laughs> but we, this is not a strong bunch. This is from Caleb. Caleb is sticking with the Christmas vacation theme. Picture the neighbors with the team name Ben Zobrist, and I'll show you. Okay. That's good. That's I don't good. like that one as much as the other. No. I get it. I don't know, Margo. <laughs> uh, it's going to make me laugh every time. From Keenan Duke out of Los Angeles. The Fast and the Urias. I like it. That's pretty good. And he says, P.S. Brock Meyer is gold. Yes, it is. Um, Wade and Fenton says, Dear Coop, Hawk, Andy, and Sheriff Harry Truman. Yeah, I don't know. Well, if we don't know the last one, we don't know it. Why? Because Jeff Harry, tr- yeah, unique, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been li- okay. So let's see. Oh, oh, this is a funny email from Wade. He says, "I've been listening for a couple of years now, but pretty much, pretty much every single day, but just made the mistake, the mistake of looking at all of your pictures online, only to find out that none of you look the way you should. Though oddly enough, Adam still looks like a guy who would be really into terrible music." <laughs> I feel like I probably look how I how I sound. Yeah, I don't think so. It, no, that's that's always a little disenchanting when you hear, you know, a podcast or radio, whatever, and then you find out what the person looks like, and it's like, oh, hey, handsome Dan, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. No, right, I don't think that was the reaction. But you you know what that's that's Wade's world too. Right, here's Wade and Fenton's uh, team name. Hot dogs and Hanegers. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. These are, uh, maybe I'm just in a jolly mood this morning because yeah, these are all making me laugh. And then there's another Mitch Hanniger one that's a lot more crude. It's from Chris. It's just Different Mitch, Chris. please. Mitch, please. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is from James, who's a big fan of the musical Hamilton, and he owns Trevor Story. Who lives, who dies, who Trevor Story? Yep. Yep. That's a, that's a good one. And then this is from Sean from a burg in Pennsylvania. Machado Man Manny Savage. It's kind of a stretch. Yeah, a little too convoluted. Many, yeah, yeah, too many syllables added. It's okay. I, I should have done I like the game. effort. I should have done it earlier in the show. I apologize. I hope everybody was able to hear. I, I really now, like now hot I'm dogs. Of, now I'm thinking of wrestling ones. 
Ryan Braun Strowman. I don't like, know what that means. Nobody. Keith knows it. I, I know it. Yeah. They, they broke the ring last night. He tipped over a, an ambulance last week. He tipped Last week they tipped over the ambulance. Last night they collapsed the entire ring. <laughs> Good. This sounds like very interesting stuff. So uh, thank you for listening, everybody. And we're back tomorrow with some Grade the Trade. And all the things from today's show that we didn't get to, maybe I'll throw them in tomorrow's show. Goodbye. Goodbye.